Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Every fan knows the right player in the right position can be a game changer. Put LifeLock between your identity and identity thieves to monitor and alert you to threats you could miss. Plus, with a U.S.-based restoration specialist on your team, you won't have to face drained accounts, fraudulent loans, or other losses from identity theft alone. All backed by the LifeLock Million Dollar Protection Package. Change the game on identity theft. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com slash aware. Escuchas ese rugido. Sientes la experiencia de poder. La emoción de la libertad. Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500. Hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. It's exciting seeing all these great players in the Ghanaian business and sports industries here today. Some of these individuals are direct investors, while others are contributing in various ways to enhance the game of football in Ghana. Indeed, today marks a significant milestone in our endeavor to transform football into a thriving commercial entity that can consistently contribute to Ghana's economy. In 2022, the global sports tourism market was valued at a staggering $587.8 billion, a testament to the growing popularity of sporting events worldwide. Events like the Olympics, the FIFA World Cup, the NBA, and others have played a pivotal role in propelling this industry forward. Nations such as Saudi Arabia and China have recognized the immense potential of football and have made substantial investments to attract top football talent, thus boosting tourism and economic growth. Importantly, football has evolved into a major economic force in many countries across the globe. To illustrate the English Premiership League, even amidst the challenges posed by the pandemic during the 2019-2020 football season, contributed a remarkable £7.6 billion to the UK economy and supported 94,000 jobs. Similar success stories can be found in Germany, Spain, and France, where football has become a thriving industry, fostering job creation and economic development through various value chain businesses. Regrettably, the same cannot be said for Ghana. We fondly remember the days when our stadiums were packed to capacity, fans proudly adorned their club's jerseys, and football was the talk of the town. I remember when myself and my dad, at the age of 10, were visiting the Accra Sports Stadium to cheer our beloved Accra House of Folk to victory. But what has led to the decline of this beautiful game in our nation? How can we reignite the passion and properly brand football to make it not only appealing, but also a significant revenue generator? Finding a solution to these questions will not only attract corporate support for football clubs, 
but also results in substantial growth through talent development, infrastructure improvement, enhanced brand equity, and the positioning of Ghanaian football as an attractive global brand. In closing, I implore all of you present today, as well as those tuning in through Joy FM 99.7, Joy News, and our social media platforms to actively contribute your ideas and recommendations. Together, let's pave the way for a new era in Ghana football, one that boasts world-class infrastructure, job opportunities, heightened brand value, and much more. Thank you, and I wish all of us a fruitful deliberation. And that's uh, Mr. Charles Nixon. He's the head of business at uh, Joy News, Joy, Joy FM, and Joy Prime. And uh, very, very interesting conversation there. So today we are looking at repurposing our approach to football development, uh, looking at the Saudi Arabian experience. Let me introduce my colleague who's going to help us in this, uh, who's going to be helping me in today's discussion, Muftal Nabila Abdullahi. He's the host of Prime Take and also uh, presenter on AM and Joe News today. Let's appreciate Muftal as he joins me. Thank you. 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 Yeah, um, so, Muftal, uh, we have a very exciting discussion to have exciting today. Exciting discussion. And um, just last week, I, when I was doing the AM show, mm. I was, um, one of my stories was from Letishi. Uh, as with F, that recently you mm. unveiled. And I heard him mention that football is a multi-billion dollar industry. Yep. Why is Ghana not taking advantage of that? Is, if it is a multi-billion dollar industry, then there's something that we are not tapping. Mm. Um, have we positioned ourselves in a way that the corporate world will be willing to invest in the game and give talent the opportunities. He mentioned that he has constructed about five astroturfs mm. and he wants to do more. Yeah. They've got about seven footballers out there and very soon we'll hear their names. Hopefully you mentioned the names here for us, isn't it? <laughs> so um, with you up there, uh, to just to have an uh, interesting, interesting conversation. Yeah. Uh, my media right is our boss, our editor, Gary Al Smith. <laughs> yeah. give, uh, give me a round of applause, Gary Al Smith. Um, I'm sure you've been reading from him, from CNN, from BBC, Supersport, everywhere. Gary Osmith is A well-traveled sports journalist. <laughs> a well-traveled sports journalist, yeah. yes. And Prof. Robert Hinson, uh, professor of marketing, and uh, he's also the pro-vice-chancellor of um, the University of Communications and Technology. Thanks very much for your time. And in the middle is the executive chairman of McDan Group. Um, as I mentioned earlier, he's, he's already said that football is a multi-billion dollar industry. He's been investing in football. And uh, I remember in 2017, I had the privilege of meeting him in his house. He has a very large tennis court there. If you haven't been there, you need to go there and see it. And he said something quite interesting, that if you don't invest in the youth today, what you think you have doesn't belong to you. They'll come and take it away from you someday. So you need to invest in the youth if you want to give them opportunities. And he's a businessman, someone who's done it. I remember recently when I was listening to him talk about when he was doing his master program. One day he looked at his bank balance. I was like, ah. 
<laughs> Why am I struggling to go and do a master program when I have this amount of money in my bank account? <laughs> so yeah, so definitely he's someone who is willing to invest in the youth. Do we have the talent? Yes. It's an obvious question. Every day we talk about Ghana being a football nation. If we are a football nation, we need to create a platform for the talents to be on earth. And tonight, here with us is Macdan. In 2010, Africa had the opportunity to host the FIFA World Cup. It was the first time ever. And many of us will recall... Ghana made it to the quarterfinal, but there's the other part you don't want to remember, so I'll not talk about that. <laughs> and FIFA decided that there was a man in Ghana who had the brain to be able to spearhead the marketing of the competition. And he's also a former chief executive officer of Accra House of Hook, Neil Armstrong Motabe. <laughs> Before we started, you heard his voice. So that's that good. <laughs> My colleague on the Joy Sports desk, and he's a host of uh, Sports Now on Joy Prime, and also uh, Joy News Prime uh, on the Joy News channel. Have yeah, a good man. conversation. I think evidently we have pretty much the right people to engage in this conversation. Perfect. Offers, Perfect. You know, we could have assembled the best brains mm. to be able to share with us. There yeah. are 1,001 people out there yeah. who also have got ideas of how we can develop football in this country. And as you mentioned earlier, this is a conversation that is open to everyone. They can share their thoughts with us using the hashtag Joy Taught Leadership so that we can read out to um, If you have questions too, you can send them across and then our panel yeah. will do the honest of answering those questions. Well, we're going to get the grounds running now and we're going to start with... Uh, it's okay to call you my boss, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> He's going to ask me. He's going to ask me. <laughs> I, I never like to be called the boss. <laughs> yeah, so we're going to start with Gary Alsmith. Gary, you have traveled around the world. You've seen the experience of England. You've seen the experience of Spain. You've seen the experience of Italy. And coming up now is the experience of Saudi Arabia. It's one that has gotten everybody talking. The Italians are talking about it. The English are talking about it. The Spanish are talking about it. Some are calling a bluff of what they are doing. Yeah. But it does appear that they have a plan and they're executing it, you know, to the awe of everybody. Yeah. Help us appreciate exactly what is happening in Saudi Arabia as far as their football is concerned at the moment. It's a, it's a privilege to be here tonight. And um, I think this discussion is more than important for a few reasons. The man, because of whom everybody is talking, is only 37 years old. I need us to understand this. The visionary who has got all the major footballing powerhouses quaking in their boots and shaking is only 37 years old. He's the crown prince of Saudi Arabia, Mohammed bin Salman, MBS. Now, at 37, he is the de facto ruler of Saudi Arabia. Now, in his own words, he looked at the demographics of Saudi Arabia randomly one day on his phone. And it hit him that there was something not right about the demographics he was seeing vis-a-vis -vis the plan that the government or the, the, the ruling class of Saudi Arabia were doing. What did he think they were doing wrong? Now, 
he says when he looked at the population and there are 18 million people in saudi arabia right 18 million this big vast country there are 18 million human beings there he realized that 63 percent of those 18 million people are below the age of 30. i need to repeat that 63 percent of those 18 million people are below the age of 30. what even hit him even harder was that of that 18 million 50 percent are below the age of 25. which means that 9 million or more of saudi arabia's population were 25 or below this was in 2018. now he probably spoke to dr daniel macaulay who has spoken to Muftal one year before because Muftal says he met him in 2017 right yeah, yeah and doctor told him that if you don't build things for the youth one day what you think is yours they'll take it so mbs as they called him the crown prince decided that he cannot have 50 percent of the youth being under the age of 25 or 25 and below and have the saudi authorities doing you know some other projects and not focusing on the youth so he commissioned research agencies to look at what the youth wanted overwhelmingly sports and entertainment came top so in order for the youth not to grow up take guns and take his money and the rest of the ruling classes money he decided on that day at that time to bring the sports they wanted to saudi arabia because remember saudi have a lot of money just like libya used to do they take care of education they take care of um, you know education is free to the university level saudi citizens when they grow up i mean lots of us have been to dubai so we know this story in those states after you are done with school you are given a plot of land you are given a house to live in as well but if you are having all these things and you have children and they are bored you would find something to do and that is why from 2018 they started pumping billions of dollars to bring sports to saudi arabia because the youth needed to be kept busy needed to be kept entertained and most importantly sorry the youth had money to spend and they needed to spend it in something that is why for those of you who are sports freaks you might realize that um wrestling which all of us you know it used to be on gtv but now all the stations show it these days the biggest ref wrestling events of the year which they call wrestlemania now calls saudi arabia its home that was the first big global franchise that they bought to test the waters they spent 100 million dollars on that to buy it by a 10-year period so that every year you know wrestlemania they do the what they call the raw the smackdown all those are like qualifiers and then wrestlemania is like the world cup they do it in fact just to give you an idea of how serious saudi is when i started going to south africa around um, 2010 or 2009 the wrestling south africa were similarly trying to attract that sort of investment which included the world cup they brought wrestlemania to johannesburg saudi 
went to the organizers of WrestleMania, that's WWE, and said, boss, what is South Africa giving you? And then they just doubled it, tripled it, and then they brought it there. So the reason why I think this is important is that just like Saudi Arabia, maybe one day one leader in Ghana will look at our own population and understand that in order for the youth not to take matters into their own hands. Escuchas ese rugido? Sientes la experiencia de poder? La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC. Probably we should start investing into these things. What are our figures? Of the 31 million people that we have in our population according to the last census, 35% are between the ages of 0 to 14. 35%. 35%. 38% of our 31 million are between the ages of 15 to 35. I need that to sink in. Only 4% are over 65 years in this country. So if you spend your resources catering to the 4%, you are wasting your time. That is not to say we shouldn't take care of our aged. It's important. But it is a no-brainer that the bulk of our natural, of our national cake should go into securing the future and the business, not the business, but the busyness of the youth. Because if this 0 to 14 and 15 to 35 don't have anything to do in the next 10 years, you know what they say about the devil and idle hands? The devil will find work for the idle hand. And those are my opening remarks. Very interesting opening remarks. Let me come to uh, Prof now. Uh, Prof, just, just to add, that Prof has two doctorate degrees. And Prof, when I read that, when I read that, when I read that, I was like, wow. And hopefully when I grow up, I want to become like you. <laughs> but Prof, let's, let's get to it though. I mean, you, you've heard the, to some extent, the context that was provided by Gary Ausmed. When you consider what is happening in Ghana, uh, what will be your assessment as opening remarks? What will be your assessment of what we've done with sports in this country to help grow our economy? I think it will be, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you, Gary. Good to see you, sir. <laughs> um, more than what I think, I'll tell you what Tony Eboa thinks. Um, there's an article I saw where he said football in Ghana is dead. 7 June 2023, and he's saying that I don't know what's going on because I don't follow the football anymore. Everyone knows Ghana football is dead because they didn't listen to advice we gave them from the beginning. So I think they are currently facing the punishment. And he said, if you involve bribes and stuff like that in football, you will destroy the game. Then the famous uh, Honorable Eugene Boache, who is also a big man, I think, Vice Chairman for Youth Sports, he also says that Ghana football needs some urgent change in leadership to rescue the diminishing fortunes of the sport. Then Neil Ante Van der Boy, 7 July this year, said Ghana football is designed to fail because he believes the structure of football is breeding failure. 
So I hear you on the youth thing, totally profound, but here's what's going to happen apart from Saudi responding to the youth demands. Yeah. Eventually, a business case will be built. So when Manchester City makes 731 million euro last year, and Real Madrid makes 713 million euro last year, they joined it begin two years ago. Yeah. So there's something about a systematic build-up that can start from investment in youth. But as the sports ecosystem builds you have certain spillover effects looking when hearts won the champions league early 2000 mm. i was working in a famous agency in adabraka called originate with the famous joel net and the late daniel chung and those the joel had some connection with some sports market agency they were the agency for the calf for calf so canon was a lead sponsor so i remember through that canon affiliation we managed to get canon acer Symantec, Microsoft, and APC from a month for this is 20 years ago. Yeah. So I'm very much aware about how a certain brand appeal, a certain marketing acumen builds the sports proposition, whether it's football or basketball or baseball. Oh, yeah. But here's my challenge. I think that when you take the global infrastructure, FIFA, then you have continental infrastructure, then you have the local football associations. I'm not too sure if the interlinkages are to our benefit. I'll explain. We are all jostling for the best football images, the best football propositions. And sometimes I wonder what benchmark. You said the guy looked at his phone and looked at demographics. I was writing. So there's a certain sense in which research, data, insights yeah. informs this sort of decision making. I'm not too sure if it's available or not. Mm. But I remember he said he was 10. I was younger. I went to Merton. It's right next to the stadium. Then I went to Richard. So me, I started going to the stadium from as soon as I could even talk. <laughs> My uncles took me. We used to go that Sunday like 9 a.m. to watch Hassan Kotoko around 3. I remember his Yodantin and some Silante. And, and, and because I lived in Osu, I remember Salem Park. They used to play over there. So I've sort of seen football grow. But I'm not too sure whether it has grown backwards or grown forwards. <laughs> I'm not too sure because, no, no, for the life of me, I don't think I was going to go near any football match this weekend. But I saw the Man U miracle. I saw Barca come back to fight before the, the, the referee blew his final whistle. Mm. Why am I oscillating between the UK and Spain yeah. when I live in Ligon? I mean, so, so, something is not working. Right. Yeah. So I think that if, as locals, we don't consume the football product, who in Serekunda in the Gambia is coming to consume it? Who is coming to, from Vinduk in Abiyad or from uh, Richard's Bay in South? No, no, nobody will consume it. So I think we need to redefine this football proposition at a basic level. And then the youth proposition makes sense. But for me, more than the youth, where's the strategy? I'm not too clear. Maybe you, you are a sports guy, you can explain to me. But I'm not too clear where, where the strategy is. Whether it's cold football or it's regional football or it's the premium league. I'm not too sure where the strategy is, but I think that we need to redefine the football proposition and be clear on what we want to achieve. And then for what it's worth, you know we have beyond the return and after the return and all that. Yeah. I'm not too sure that football is part of our tourism proposition. I'm not too sure. Yeah. But I think that we need to think through this at a broad macro level. And then at a policy level, I agree what we want to do with the sport. It will trickle down into the various substructures. Then football can really make a difference. Those will be my opening remarks. Thank you.
Let me come to uh, Dr. McCauley now. Doc, now, so I was just skimming through the internet, and I realized that in 2021, you decided to sponsor Great Olympics to the tune of $270,000. That was massive. Then you've also decided to expend some of your resources in the establishment of AstroTevs. And just recently, you, uh, you know, the Vice President Commission and AstroTev, they built at Tishy, the Tishi Sports Complex, the tune of 30 million Ghana cities. For a businessman to be expending his resources uh, in sports infrastructure to this extent, it begs the question, why, what have you seen yeah. in Ghana football? For which reason you've decided to expend these resources? You go to England... Now, Manchester United is up for sale, and the billionaires are scrambling for it. Newcastle was up for sale, and we saw how they were scrambling for it. Likewise, Chelsea. Whenever a club is up for sale in England, we see billionaires scrambling for it. You come down here, um, with the exception of you and a few others, it does appear the business community is not particularly interested in the football industry in Ghana. What have you seen in Ghana football, for which reason you are expending your resources the extent, to the extent that you have done. And I'm sure you've been interacting with some of your business people. Why are they withdrawing from <laughs> the Ghana football industry? Well, thank you very much. Um, I see things differently. And um, I believe in Ghana. And I believe in the Ghanaian talent. Um, if you look at McDonald's history, we've been very consistent and um, the way we support the youth and the, sport in, the youth in sports. Um, you cast your mind back. Football was uh, like magic in Ghana. Yeah. So I woke up one day and I asked myself, what is, what is going on? I was going to the stadium. My father was a hustle phone fan. Yeah. But I am Olympic, so... Early <laughs> daddy. ¿Escuchas ese rugido? ¿Sientes la experiencia de poder? ¿La emoción de la libertad? Ya estás preparado para vivir tu nueva aventura. Nueva Ram 1500, hecha para vivir. Ram es una marca registrada de FCA US LLC.